live in a world of information. There is more information readily available to me on my phone than ever before. Scriptures written by the greatest minds in history, Plato, Socrates, John Locke, Adam Smith, none of which I've read. Pale! Pale, I say, in comparison to what I can find online via internet connection. Our beliefs are shaped by what we hear, see, and read. Lore is created when a great story is told. Brand Castle in Romania was the home of Dracula's inspiration, Vlad the Impaler. Hence, Vlad is Dracula. Except, neither Vlad nor Bram Stoker, author of the Dracula tale, ever stepped foot in Brand Castle. But most of us would draw back to an old tale in our minds to make that connection. Fast forward to the playground, and I heard a tale of Rod Stewart, who to me was no more than a figure whose my parents, whose music my parents may have listened to. And now he had to have his stomach pumped due to the amount of baby butter he had consumed, allegedly. I heard the same story about little Kim when I was in high school. Today, UFO news is rampant. The Illuminati continue their stranglehold on the powers that control our governments. Those same governments expire, experiment on their citizens. And pedophile rings are being run out of the, by the most important government officials out of, pizza parlor, out of a pizza parlor in Washington, D.C. Madness! Preposterous! Insane! Except some of these stories are true. At the end of our last podcast, we discussed the loser who was dressed like a Viking, or possibly a goat, and you referenced that he was imitating something he had seen on his on The Simpsons. Although I've seen roughly 99% of The Simpsons episodes, I was unsure if I'd missed something or a complete episode. You had read something and believed it to be true, and that was false. Although The Simpsons have predicted some incredible events, including the Trump presidency, and the Bills playing a game in front of 6,500 fans this year, this was not one of them. So why do we believe what we have read? And what are some of the craziest bits of lore to exist that have been proven true? Let us dive in. But before we do, Brad, how are you doing this evening? Oh baby, oh baby, oh baby butter. Uh, those, <laughs> those Canadian Lads podcast episode 11, Jeff. Uh, first of all, what is baby butter? Um... That is the male's portion of procreation. Oh, okay. Well, <laughs> allegedly. Remember, we this is an alleged event. <laughs> so, and little Kim was filled with baby butter. That's what I'd heard at a high school dance. I, little Kim. <laughs> <laughs> I heard that uh, she collapsed on stage due to uh, <laughs> her, her extracurricular activities. Well, what a great start to those Canadian Lads podcast tonight, uh, <laughs> Jeff. Uh, that was a pretty awesome opening, I'm not going to lie. And the other thing I do want to touch on is, man, do we get sucked into the bullshit that's created. And you know what? It's really interesting that you kind of bring this up because you're right. You know, when I first saw that like loon at the uh, at the Capitol building who was dressed like Willie from the uh, the Simpsons and the horns and had the tattoos that looked exactly the same. I'm like, oh my god, that's like they they did it again. They predicted it. But then I, I I thought about it for a second and I said to myself, Brad, what if this guy who obviously and does live in his parents' basement <laughs> and only eats organic food um, uh, was watching the Simpsons? Uh, you know, while his mom brought him some uh, some vegetable soup and a grilled cheese sandwich, and said, "You know what? Uh, there's a rally at the White House, and we're gonna we're gonna charge the Capitol, and I should dress dress up like this motherfucker on the Simpsons." <laughs> 
And guess what? He did. And that's what gets us, right? Is like we get so sucked into the whole pop culture thing, right? Well, that's just it. Like, and one of the reasons, like, uh, when you when you brought this up, it was one of the things that kind of got my mind turning a little bit because we hear stories about this, and whether or not you read it online or somebody told you a story at a high school dance, uh, you, little Kim, <laughs> you. <laughs> You get you 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 believe it. You in your mind, you can reconcile it immediately. That it's just like, well, that must be correct because, but because why? Why do you, why do you automatically assume that it's just like, oh, this could be right now? Truth be told, we well, don't. You're a horny, a horny seventeen-year-old <laughs> boy. You're like little Kim, baby butter, baby yeah, butter, baby well, butter. <laughs> well, and Rod Stewart, allegedly. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but. It's a weird thing we do in our minds. Like we're so skeptical of certain things. Like, um, admittedly, I'm skeptical of people's intentions. I, as I've stated time and time again on this podcast, I don't believe people's intentions are pure all that often. So I'm skeptical of human beings. But if somebody tells me a wild story, and let's face it, you and I, t- our favorite topic, UFOs, it's you a topic I, du jour. Topic du jour. You and I soak that up so easily, and we just go, "Well, this is true." Well, in 2020, like I was sucked into this whole paranormal UFO world that you've you've kind of opened my eyes to, right? We got sucked into the whole, uh, you know, the the the, the event 2020, the ascension, you know, <laughs> like for about a week. We're like, "What if it could happen? Shit, what if this shit's real?" Well, guess what? It wasn't. Yeah, we got sucked in by the fake news, and I think it was just the whole you know, anxiety of 2020 and what everything was created, right? It was really, it was really a messed up time. And I think that it was attitude, but that being said, UFOs are real. The U S government has invested money in it. And that is again, one of those conspiracy theories that has turned out to be true. They've tried to hide and make people feel like they're they're crazy and they've put a stigma on it. And there's something out there that people can't explain. And now they've invested money into it to find out or try to explain uh, of what's going on. And this isn't a U.S. phenomenon. It's a it's a worldwide phenomenon. And I guess, you know, I'll, I'll let you kind of carry on with this topic because, you know, you obviously... You put some homework in on it. I put a little bit of homework into this now. Because yeah, I didn't yeah. even know what MK Ultra was. So. <laughs> well, I, I think the thing is, and don't get me wrong, I th- theories come out. There, There's tons of them. I alluded to the uh, the pizza parlor uh, oh, incident God, in yeah. Washington in 2016 where uh, a crazed man had read that there was a pedophile ring being run by, you know, Democratic Washington elites out of this pizza place. And he, he was so concerned about this information that he charged in with weaponry to free the children. Now, his intentions sound pretty pure. Sounds like a nice guy looking out for kids. Good for him. But he was so drawn into this crazy story that he acted upon it. It's, well, and, it's weird. And it's just like that whole basis of, was it is it called QAnon or QAnon? Which Q-an- I thought for- yeah, QAnon. When I first saw it, I thought it was an actual, it was a rapper, like a, <laughs> not a, like a, not a package, but like a, like a rap star, like a music rapper, a music rapper. Yes, of course. Yeah. Well, yeah, I, yeah. 
<laughs> Actually, really quickly before we keep going here, I I love the idea that so uh, this is Wednesday, uh, January twentieth. Uh, Trump's vacated the office finally. One of his final acts was to pardon a list of his friends and comrades, including Little Wayne and Kodak Black. I I love that. I love that Little Wayne is free to do whatever he wants now. <laughs> and people call him a racist. Lil Wayne. No, Trump. Oh, <laughs> I think he's just probably screwing around more than anything. He may be, but I think listen, he's like, I'm going to throw Lil Wayne a little gold here. <laughs> but, <laughs> hey. No jail time for that, motherfucker. <laughs> yeah. No, I just – it's one of those things that, um, as I said, uh, we had – we using the pizza parlor one, that's four years ago. Um, we know that it's false. Or at least if it's true, they moved the kids out of the basement quickly enough to escape. <laughs> it's just crazy. <laughs> it's crazy. But there are things, there's truth to some of these conspiracy theories. And there's there's things that as time rolls on, the government has to release information. And I wanted to, I didn't want to go into like uh, modern day conspiracy theory and where are some examples because there's some that we just don't know the information yet. But in regards to like, hey, do you guys believe in UFOs? You're a little bit crazy. Why do you believe in this type of stuff? Because there's been conspiracy theories proven true. And I think there's some weight to that to a certain extent. Now it's a case by case basis, but let's start with, let's, let's start with the easiest one. I think in regards to, uh, that raises eyebrows. Okay. So MK ultra MK ultra was the government doing, uh, experiments, uh, involving LSD and other drugs, Electroshocks, hypnosis, hypnosis, sensory deprivation, isolation, verbal and sexual abuse, and torture on Canadian and American citizens. This isn't just a theory that happened. This was the uh, government, and quite frankly, the O's Canadian lads bringing it to Canada. The Canadian government working together to do experiments on citizens without them knowing about it. And I, I don't have a lot of details on this one, but they did the same thing with uh, syphilis within the black population, uh, black male population, where they were, quote unquote, treating these individuals for syphilis and then not and not telling those individuals that that's what they're doing because they wanted to experiment on their citizenry. So it's one of those things that, OK, well, the government's always got our best interests in heart and they would never do these crazy things. But we know they have. So and that ties into even today, you know, the Great Reset, you know, can, uh, it, some people view that as a conspiracy theory. Some people view that as actual factual, you know, left wing political, you know, strategy that, you know, there's this movement to have this one world government. Um, you know, you have the UN and all these, you know, global entities running and telling us how to live our lives and, you know, uh, government, you know, mandated salaries and all kinds of crazy crap. But, you know, uh, you just brought up a good point. Oh, the government wouldn't do that to us. The government wouldn't do well, who knows what the government would do that? That's why I think we have to be so vigilant in in regards to, and we've brought it up in post uh, or past uh, podcasts. Sorry, that you brought up baby butter, and it's just threw me <laughs> off my game today. Um, <laughs> anyways, um, you know we've we've talked about in past podcasts, but you know who knows? Like this stuff might be real. You know, this stuff might be 
actual agendas of, of certain governments that currently have, you know, power and they're trying to, to make it work. And right now, you know, if you look at Alberta specifically, um, we have been dramatically affected by the Biden presidency on day one, literally hours into his presidency, he's canceled a project that allows our, you know, energy product, uh, bitumen, to flow down to the Gulf of, or the Texas Gulf and um, try to get Alberta product to to market. And um, I don't know where I'm going with this other than saying <laughs> there is there is some truth to some of these, you know, things and you know i I don't know i maybe the great reset's true maybe we need to look at ourselves and say hey i don't want this i don't want a government to tell me what to do and i don't want to be you know i I don't keep going tell me what you think well i like obviously like i like okay touching on a lot of things here now in regards to any kind of great reset going on like i i i'm not well versed in that theory i don't know exactly but i i'm getting i'm picking up what you're putting down now neither am i i saw a video of trudeau <laughs> on facebook telling me the un that he was gonna it's a great opportunity for us here the covid19 and for the reset well i'll 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 use this and i'll tie 9-11 into it to a certain extent now Biden made it pretty clear that he was going to shut that, shut down XL if he was given the opportunity and elected president. So he followed through on a campaign promise. I, yeah, I, he, didn't, I, he didn't lie. He, he, he didn't lie. lie. He didn't lie. So I, I, I think I think to me in this specific incident, it's more of just, you know, he's following through. Now, why is he following through? Why was that an important campaign policy? Well, I think it won him votes amongst those who are concerned about uh, what our energy is doing to the world and how we should be living our lives when it comes to that type of stuff, regardless of my personal feelings about it. But so I, I think you followed through on that. But as we're, we're going to outline some conspiracy theories that have come true and talk about some other stuff that we're pending to wait to see what's happening. But I want to make it clear that whether it be, you know, the federal government, the provincial government, a municipal government, I think there's people trying to do things. However, once again, going to my whole thing about people are lazy, selfish, self-centered. I think government ineptitude is way more than government conspiracy theories. Hey, what about that guy in Edmonton who's running for city council who's a pure racist? I I can't believe I stumbled upon that story. Uh, I don't know. I there's I don't know the guy's name. I I saw it, but he he had commented on the Calgary cop who had was killed on New Year's Eve, right? Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, and something about that's a, probably not a platform you want to run with. Well, <laughs> yeah, like uh, I don't know if this guy's aspirations are um, in life, but I did check out his uh, either his Instagram or his Twitter really quickly just because I was curious. He had like sixty three followers. And the guy's got no sway. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> we have more followers than that guy. We should run for city council. Yeah, tandem. 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 Tag team. Back again. <laughs> Tag team. Back again. But <laughs> you you mean we can't do that? We can't do that at all? I don't think so. I don't think anyone's going to buy that. And quite frankly, there's enough evidence on this podcast that we're not equipped to hold office. So. Well, we just, uh, as our tag team would be called Baby Butter, um, we just, <laughs> uh, we were totally, uh, we totally put that to bed uh, a few episodes ago. We can't, uh, we can't run. No, no, I have no intention of doing that. But the, but um. Going back into a little bit, so as I said, like and that guy, that guy's an example. Let's let's say that let's say that an individual like that, not him specifically, or maybe him specifically. I don't think he could win a seat, but an individual like that gets elected to office. 
And, you know, he cashes a paycheck for four years. Maybe he wins again, gets eight, and then he gets retirement. I, I don't know what the rules are entirely. But but you think that individual is capable of, or- of orchestrating 9-11? No, it's just more government ineptitude, which is more likely what some of these things are. It's just, yeah, did the government bring down the Twin Towers? Not likely. It's more likely that they just missed the signs that they were going to be under attack by an insurgency and then had to react heavy-handedly or chose to react heavy-handedly. But that, that's one of the things when it comes to these kind of theories and these stories is that, yeah, we'd like to give everyone credit for being smarter than us. But quite frankly, the general population is not. And the government is comprised of general the general population. So, But as I said, there's other examples of this too. It's just like, well... I don't want to, I'm not going to go into the systemic racism thing, but there's examples of that. And I know the one that I've read up on uh, specifically is the Atlanta housing and mortgage lending and explicitly not lending to certain individuals because of the color of their skin. But the government's also done other things that whether or not they intended it to impact a general po- uh, a population group, uh, it did. And the one I'm referring to specifically is once again, people believe that the government was behind crack. But the government was kind of behind crack. The The CIA was working with the uh, Nicaraguan Contra Army, buying the supply and then feeding it into the Los Angeles area, allowing gangs to, one, sell it. And then, let's face it, the people they were selling it to was the people in their neighborhoods, people who are on the lower end of the spectrum and where it's the income and the chances to get ahead in life. And the government totally was willing to do that just to fund cash and weapons to one, those gangs, but also back to the Nicaraguan Contra Army because it made sense to their government. So once again, another example that the CIA has acknowledged this. They've admitted what they're not doing. And even goes back to Edward Snowden, right? Like he obviously is a whistleblower who can't go back to his own country. (laughs) And I don't think he got pardoned today. So that's... uh, (laughs) I think Edward Edward's in some deep trouble for the next couple of years until uh, somebody comes along and is willing to let him come home. But you know, we're we're audio listener. We're currently seeing each other over webcam. Well, the U.S. government had access to people's webcams and were spying on them and following their conversations and things like that. So, yeah. Th- our governments are not holier than now and they're utilizing technology now for their own uh, advantages essentially. Right. So can you imagine how much phone video exists of people going to the bathroom? Oh man, just (laughs) looking up at the ceiling. Billions of hours of people looking at their phones while they go to the bathroom, looking at something like the chive, the government's got that video. Yeah. Oh, he's at it again, oh, man. God. What's this guy's got these bowel issues? <laughs> Taco Tuesday again. <laughs> oh, but, man, I love tacos. I know, too, too. That's why it's Taco Tuesday. But, and then, of course, on the other end, too, like before we kind of just uh, disintegrate this conversation, but there's some other weirder ones that, like, truth be told, listener, I'm not necessarily saying I can prove that these ones are right or that the CIA's come forward with this type of stuff, but. Everyone, everyone's heard of the movie, The Men Who Stare at Goats, which involves like remote viewing uh, that the American military was trying to uh, activate other people. Have you seen what is, what is that? No, what is that? So it was a program in which the American military, quote unquote, okay, allegedly, the American military uh, was using drugs and meditation to kind of get their people to be able to see uh, into the future or into the past. Remote viewing. Remote viewing is when you're not, you're seeing something in an area that you're not at. 
Oh, I heard, I read a story about this, about how a guy uh, remote viewed an alien on Mars. That's right. Millions of years ago. That's right. I think it was an actual CIA document, which I saw it on Facebook. So it had to be true. Had to be true, of course. But the remote viewing idea, and once again, I'm going to go on a limb here. I'm an expert on this type of stuff. But it kind of goes into, if you go back to England in World War II, England, the English government had allowed and encouraged the witches of their country to cast a spell over England to protect it from bombing from the Germans. Did that work? Uh, well, England won. It won a little bit, I suppose. <laughs> so so they, they, the Germans lost. But, but this is, once again, it's, it's government dabbling in something that seems childish, seems insane. Like, do, can witches cast spells? Well, on the record, I'm going to say maybe because I don't want anyone casting a spell against me. But the, the government going to these weird things where it's like, hey, can the human can a human do this to help us in our whatever we're after, effectively? Obviously, they're willing to reach out to weird lengths. Yeah, that for a podcast that briefly touches on UFOs, we just touched. You just brought up witches. Oh, I I have not unleashed my uh, ghost and paranormal knowledge on the world yet. I I'm gonna I'm gonna lose my job once all that comes out. <laughs> Can you believe a family member called me a crackpot late, recently? <laughs> was it over this podcast? It was. It was. Oh yeah, that's it, awesome. Yeah, so, explaining things that uh, little ears shouldn't hear, I suppose. But hey. They listen to it, so we at least have one real listener. Yes, thank you very much. I do appreciate it. Oh, uh, the, yeah. The last funny one I want to bring on, and I have z- almost zero evidence to this, except for Mythbusters tried to prove it, and they they debunked it. So I'm going to go with it. Are you aware of the brown note? No, I, I thought you were going to say brown nose. No, no, the brown note. Uh, my belief, and I read this somewhere once again, no verification, don't fact check me. But during the Vietnamese War, uh, because the Vietnamese army, I'm, I'm going to totally speak out of turn here. It's my understanding that they were so equipped to hide in the jungle that they were, they, no, no American military could find them. And they were being sniped off and attacked as they went about their missions. So the idea came up. Could we hit a note that caused our enemy to crap their <laughs> pants? I just read it. <laughs> 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 But it was believed that there was a note that you could play and theoretically shoot this wavelength at your enemy and they would defecate themselves. <laughs> Whether or not that was actually researched by the military, I can't. We want the war! We want the war! <laughs> they shit their pants. Could you imagine? You couldn't fight, though, if you crapped your pants. It's nuts. <laughs> Kate, come on. You're in battle. You're going to crap your pants. I Well, I would hope not, but... But I will say, once again, Mythbusters, a uh, great show on Discovery. Uh, they uh, they proved it was in it was debunked. It's not real. But once again, a story, a story of lore, a story that intrigued the listener, a young Jeff Reeves. And he wa- he believed it to be true. Now, I have no facts, but <laughs> well, there, I, I just obviously I've just pulled up my iPad and I've, I've taken a look here on Vice.com, a 2016 story. Uh, and I'm going to read it after this podcast, but basically, I went in search of the brown note. <laughs> <laughs> it, 
It's I like was the, at primary school in the 90s when a friend first told me about the brown note, a specific note that makes you go poop. Yeah, there you go. It's like that, that's hard hitting journalism. Like the guy from I think it was Maxim magazine who ate co- canned corn until all it was was corn coming out. And I think it was four days. Once again, this is like an article I read like what 21 years ago, and I still remember it. I'm like, this is just horrible stuff. <laughs> You probably read it on the toilet. You were sitting at the toilet on the I, toilet, and you're like, I need to read the story. I, I think it was when I was working at the mall. I was probably supposed to be probably doing something, and I was reading an article I shouldn't have been. So. <laughs> but, but these are all stories that, like, it we as the listener, depending on who you are, you might think it's totally crackpot stuff. But once again, I gave two examples of theoretically they're true, uh, you know, going down in regards to CIA acknowledgement down to uh, this is just a a guess that I had and something I'd heard at one point in time, but it makes it so that these conspiracy theories and these stories, um, they could, ex- they could be correct. We just don't know yet. Well, there's even ones about, and I've, I've seen them about, um, weaponry that uses some sort of, you know, sound waves or whatever that makes people sick. Right. Like, you know, there's, there was, you know, rumors coming out of Cuba uh, when there was Americans down there that they were getting sick because. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. I read potential, that. Yeah. Potential targeted things. So yeah. Hey, who, who knows? Maybe there are weapons that, you know, make you, you know, do things to your bodily functions, either throw up or go, go poo poo. Uh, but, uh, but basically, uh, yeah, no, it, it'd be interesting to find out if that's true or not, because uh, um, I'm sure, it, I'm sure, I'm sure there, there is something out there that makes, makes that happen well and i th- i think i think the thing is regardless of the the, the tall tale um i think we're drawn into like story. the like the nba frozen uh envelope when patrick ewing went to the new yes. york knicks yeah well to the casual fan or somebody who hated the knicks that's 100 percent true like of course the fix was in it had to have been in but but once again, it's like our NBA games fixed. Can a sporting event be fixed? Uh, I believe. Oh, the, totally. Well, I believe the NBA referee was Mark Donnelly. I, I should fact check that. But he was. Is that the Canucks singer? Oh, it is. Yeah. So it's not Mark Donnelly. <laughs> Mark, Mark Donnelly's mobbed you. up. Mark Donnelly's mobbed up. But there was an NBA ref who was mobbed up who was fixing games, and I think the Sacramento Kings got screwed out of a chance to go to the Western Western Final against Lakers because of it. So is this like our game's fixed is and if the mob wants to fix a game could the league fix a game of course it could all you have to do is tell your refs to mess it up but but once again it's these are things that like to the individual listener I hear it and I'm like because I believe that these people are capable of doing this already I believe it it's like a google me right situation uh I think the more intelligent term would be like confirmation bias it's something that I already think, and because I found a, a quote-unquote fact that backs up my beliefs, it's got to be true. Well, and we already know that you know things we Google and things you know, uh, our our social media, our our Google searches are sending us biased information anyway, right? So, you know, they're sending us things they're putting in front of our faces right when we want to get into it is the things that we want to see, right? So. Oh yeah. Well, did, um, I know we discussed it briefly on the podcast, but did uh, did you watch that? Um, not Social Network, but the documentary about how Facebook, Twitter, and all those places are targeting you based upon that type of stuff and feeding you the information you want to see already. 
Uh, no, I I have not. I've gone into watching old movies and uh, now <laughs> hockey that, that 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 is back. And I tried WandaVision the other day and I was completely um, confused. So, uh, no, I have not watched that uh, documentary. I probably should. It's brought, been brought up in conversations with people um, that I've had over the last couple of weeks and I probably should watch it. But I'm also uh, I'm kind of, you know, 2021, you know, I'm focusing on positive and I don't want to be drugged down into the negative and I'll touch on the negative a little bit in regards to social media later. But uh, yeah, no, I'm, I'm trying to, I'm trying to keep it positive here in the, uh, the old two one. Well, I, I don't think it's necessarily a negative or a positive thing. I think it's, I think it's information that allows you to, you can die, you can um, filter the information correctly. If you know, I kind of understand where it's coming from. Now, if I go and uh, Google a name of a certain Mets GM, which we'll discuss later, uh, I know when I see it, I know who it is. That's the correct name. But if I were to say, hey, I want to search on a story and a certain wherever my provider of information is filtering information for me, I'm going to get a story that they tell me. So I don't think it's a negative or a positive thing. I think it's it's probably important to understand that that's how our world works to a certain extent. But you mentioned that you want to stay positive and everything, and I'm all for that. But what what were you alluding to a little bit in regards to that story? Which story? <laughs> positive, or you said you had something to talk about in regards to the positivity, or? <laughs> oh, I'm not going to keep it positive. I'm gonna I'm gonna probably get pissed off here. Cause... All right, you, you sorry, you did send me this text. Let, let's let's dive into this. Then I've given my rant and rave about why we believe crazy things, and I've given examples. Let's hear what you got. Well, no, it, 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 it's kind of, you know, we believe about crazy things and it's kind of, it's, it all surrounds obviously our access to information and then how we, I guess, assess information and comment on information and uh, how people feel like they have the right to, you know, either criticize or um, be brutal jackasses to be honest with you so i was on twitter um the cesspool of twitter on saturday getting ready for you know hockey and all that kind of cool stuff that was happening and i'm kind of getting my my hockey fix and i follow a lot of people on twitter who follow the oilers and it's all good and fun but i've noticed there's a there's a faction that's kind of got a negative vibe to them and one of the uh, one of the people I follow, you tweeted a picture. Um, I don't know if you know the uh, the congressman in the states. You'd, you'd rather you'd probably recognize him if you've seen him in the news cycle. But his name's Ben Crenshaw. Oh yeah, he's out of Texas. He's out of Texas. Um, so Ben Crenshaw, he's got an eye patch, um, and I don't know why this really really bugged me. I was really kind of choked about this. Where I was scrolling through and I find this kind of this this tweet, and it's politically motivated you can kind of tell like you know there are people who obviously sit on one side of the spectrum and they're making fun of this guy not only is a ben crenshaw is a republican but he's got this eye patch and they're they're like ha ha i got an eye patch does he have a wooden leg and you know who is this guy and blah 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 and, and i just i never respond to that kind of stuff but on saturday i did and Ooh, you entered the fray i i did enter the fray and i i just wrote the exact truth. I'm like Ben Crenshaw is a former, you know, U.S. Navy SEAL, decorated, and he lost his eye in the line of duty work uh, as a as a Na- Navy SEAL. And what I was mad about is this: 
I posted it. And then I kind of went back to see, you know, if somebody commented or whatever. The tweet was deleted. Really? Yeah. The 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 lady who put the tweet out deleted the tweet. So oh, I not, wrote, not your, I, sorry, not your tweet. No, no, oh. the original tweet. Okay. So yeah. you know what? I responded. And I'm like, oh, you deleted the tweet. Why did you do that? And the response was, oh, because I felt like it. And then I, I just gave like a, a, as I do the GIF or GIF or whatever you want to call it, the slow clap. And I was given the comment, oh, move along. You know, and I'm like, you know what, though? People have no like moral, like, <laughs> you know, like, it, it, I'm just like, this fucking guy lost his eye, you know, serving his country. And people on Twitter are making fun of him because he's got a, a, fucking eye patch man the guy can't see out of his eye you, and you know he, he's obviously concerned about it because he's like you know what i i could wear my glass eye but it makes people feel uncomfortable and you get some clowns from canada on you know who follow the oilers sitting there because they're bored and you're like oh he's he's got an eye patch does he have a wooden leg like shut up these people are <laughs> morons like i honestly i I was about to delete my personal Twitter account, but I'm like, yeah, we're going to promote the podcast and all that kind of stuff. So I'm not, I'm not going to do that, but uh, I, I'm just being very selective on who I follow now. And, you know, I going through and kind of deleting some people and, you know, just kind of it's good. People were bored through this COVID thing and they're still kind of bored, but they're, they're just idiots. And it goes back to even to when I was, you know, questioning people on the ethical, I guess, purpose of recording people's conversations in government meetings. And like people were like defending it, saying it's not illegal. Like, why shouldn't they be recording their conversations? Because it's unethical and it's disgusting. You know, these people are trying to make decisions to better our lives and you're politicizing it, saying it's okay. It's not okay. So these are the same people that make these types of friggin' comments on, you know, people it's bull. It's bull. It's online bullying is what it is. And they think it's a victimless, victim, victimless crime. And it disgusts me, you know, like I'm not a military guy. I'm not a, you know, I'm not one of these raw, raw people, but these people, deal with a lot of stuff they go overseas they see a lot of things that affect their lives affect their families you know ptsd is real um show some fucking respect well uh yeah i I got no i got no argument against anything you're saying here um i i will touch on something that i my grandfather served uh and i i'm i'm proud of his service uh, I at one point considered doing that myself because I was kind of rudderless for a little bit earlier in my life. But, but no, I, I, I said, I, I have respect for those who choose to do that and your motivation to do so can be whatever it is. You're still out there, you know, I, I believe doing good work. Um, do you know the story, do you know the story about how Crenshaw, what the accident was? No. He uh, so he he did a fantastic interview. Uh, I've heard him on multiple podcasts, but he did a fantastic interview on Jocko podcast, which is what I've refer- I've referenced that before in the past. And Jocko is uh, a former Navy SEAL himself, like Crenshaw. And uh, he was walking with his interpreter. His interpreter stepped on an uh, uh, improvised uh, uh, explosive device, and it went off in front of them oh, um so his interpreter was i believe killed almost immediately uh but the the damage to crenshaw isn't just the eye 
he he was completely he had to like rebuild himself and there was a long long service of um rehab and learning how to do things again and it, the the interview is fantastic if anyone wants to go try to google that and find it but th- this is not just he lost an eye this isn't a, a barbecue accident when somebody was fl- trying to cook their hot dog and they pushed it in too far this this <laughs> this, this, this dude this dude paid a price and the people around him paid it too because as I said they got blown up effectively. So it's to 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 reduce um to reduce the accident just to uh, I'll say I sorry I shouldn't say accident to to reduce the attack and whatever and this go this goes true for other people who have accidents in their lives or or fighting a disease or who are going for repetitive cancer treatments. Like, oh, it's only this. It's just like, you don't understand the struggle these people go through. It's more than that. I'll kind of turn it into a positive. So I I think I brought it up. My son has a um, severe speech disorder. It's called apraxia of speech. And uh, it's not a stutter, but it is a speech disorder. And I was watching a story and I'm really excited because I'm a Toronto Blue Jays fan. I'm pretty excited about the signing of George Springer. And George Springer grew up with a very severe stutter. And I was just really like kind of blown away by the story. And um, also Ronda Rousey, actually, she had well has apraxia. It's not something that gets cured, but she was be able to work through um, 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 uh, speech therapy and things like that to kind of help her along. And you could see she uh, she's a she's Olympian. She's an MMA superstar. She was a WWE superstar doing interviews, doing entertainment you know, with a significant speech um, issue, right? And I don't know, just kind of going, kind of turning it more positive is like, these are the people, the role models that I'm excited for 2021 to kind of promote these things and, you know, talk about, you know, the positives in life. And, you know, George Springer, you know, I was watching an interview he, had, he was doing with ESPN and talking about this. And not only he's trying to help people with the same thing that he's going through, but, he didn't see himself having a disability. He, he, he took it to the positive and that's something I hope to take to my child, but that going back and saying this, there's people on the internet that just, they would make fun of that, right? Like uh, they wouldn't be stupid. They would do the same thing that this lady did to, um, to Ben Crenshaw Dan on the Crenshaw. internet. No, obviously, or Dan Crenshaw, Dan Ben Crenshaw, Crenshaw Dan somebody else, but uh, sorry, obviously, you know, we're not American and, but, and, and I, I'm not sorry that, you know, I defended this guy. Like, uh, I, I, it just disgusted me. Like, it just was like, like it just quick and easy to, to chop, chop somebody down. Well, of course it is. Cause everyone's tough behind a keyboard. Like, let's face it. That, that's what all of this is, of course. And, oh, I'm going to get my two cents of fame by chopping down someone else. But but I, I think first I'm going to go back to Ed's. Uh, so our guest last week, uh, Ed's had mentioned, we talked about bullying in the classroom a little bit and the, how that's changed over from when we were young to now. And one of the things Ed's had said that I hadn't even really considered, and because I'm not really into the social media game, I'm not very technical when it comes to that type of stuff. He's like, you're going to get caught. It, we, if you do something severe or you take a real swing at someone, Somebody can find you, whether it be that individual themselves or the police who are investigating your potential crime. You're, you're not going to get away with this. So 
maybe the saving grace is that the children who are coming up nowadays who are being told that in school, this eventually dissipates uh, away from, say, our generation where we all kind of believe, well, they can't find me. Well, of course they can. You know, it's funny you, you talk about the children. I was talking to somebody today and, you know, this is goes back to the United States and the whole military thing again. But, you know, we, we kind of have a soft society, right? Like, this is really the hardest thing that, you know, you and I have ever seen or gone through in our adult lives. Um, the last generation really didn't. You know, the really last big struggle was probably the Vietnam War. And, you know, I, I look back at, you know... The American kind of culture and their patriotic kind of viewpoint and then also anti-war and, how, you know, how things have progressed since then. But, you know, it really struck me. And, and I don't know if this may be food for thought or just something to kind of think about or how hard and how stressful. And we talk about anxiety. You know, people are upset because their Amazon package isn't arriving on time. Um, <laughs> how how stressful would it have been to sit there as a young man, 18, 19, 20 years old, uh, watching the nightly news and on comes the Vietnam draft, a live televised event on the major networks in the United States and wait for your birthday to be drawn and knowing that you're going to war in Vietnam, that you're now pulled into the draft. You know, we talk about soft those guys weren't soft. That's pretty friggin' stressful. And like, I, I don't know, I was thinking about that today and I'm like, I would, I would be devastated if that was my child. Oh yeah. Yeah. No, like that's a, you're talking about major conflict and let, let's face it. The two, the two major wars that this world has had, uh, on countless lives lost, um, you know, people sending their children, their young sons off to war. And it's a, it's a horrible event, obviously, but but I, I do believe I do agree with you. I think we're a little bit soft, and I don't know if it's because of how easy things are. Like you don't even have to cook; you just got to go to your app and order some food from uh, Skip the Dishes or Grubhub or whatever the hell it is. But Grubhub is that a thing? I no, I don't know. <laughs> Skip the Dishes is, but but we are we're we're a little bit soft. We're not resilient to a certain extent, in my opinion. Now it does. Are we healthier from a mental state? Or sorry, not we're not health. In my opinion, we're not healthier, but we're more aware of mental health, which is a good thing. Uh, we should talk on mental health, and I'm glad that that's more prevalent in today's society. That people aren't suffering, hiding away from what they think. But the, the generality, though, because things are so easy for us, like it's yeah, yeah, you're right. We're soft. We just are. Yeah, and you, you know what. You throw that that bomb down on Twitter on a guy who's a Navy SEAL. Would you say that to his face? <laughs> nice eye patch, dude. He'd friggin' throw a pumpkin buster and you'd be in the hospital for a month. And yeah, no, I, I agree with you. And I, I think people people are definitely tougher behind a keyboard and are more willing to voice their things. Like I I I don't know why. It's the same thing. Like I when I walk through public. Unless I see something horrible happening, um, I typically don't voice anything to a perfect stranger about their attitude or their behavior. Well, that is unless it's a case of mistaken identity, and I think it's you wearing shorts 
and then I'll yell at my neighbor <laughs> for wearing shorts. What did you call him a moron? You called him a moron, right? Something like that. I don't know. That's Actually, I saw him happen. I, I should have. There's little dogs and a poop on your lawn. I should apologize to him. But but as a generality, we don't go acting like that in public. And actually, I would even say that if, you, if you're in a general space with a lot of people, people are even more reserved. They don't actually even like have casual conversations with each other. I don't think if you went and sat at a bar, uh, rewind 15 years ago even, I think if you sat at a bar, somebody sit, would sit down next to you and you'd be like, hey, where are you from? Oh, you're out of town, blah, blah, blah. You'd have that conversation. I don't think that happens today because you're just looking at your phone. Or other people are looking at their phones. So, no, I, I agree with you. I don't. I don't know. I, I kind of went down like a weird rabbit hole there, but it's just, you know, I don't know. I just thought it was kind of an interest. Like it just popped in my head this whole thing about the like the Vietnam draft and like, you know, how we view Americans and, you know, you gotta kind of admit like they've they've got like a strength to them, right? Like there's definitely like that. That whole, you know, that whole military, you know, proud of your country. Uh, I'm not a pro-Trumper. I'm not going, you know, all mega on everybody here. But, you know, it's just like a pride in in their country and their people and their military, right? Like, like I said, like making fun of some dude on the internet and figuring out that he's a... Would she have deleted the tweet if it, he wasn't a military person? What if he was uh, the guy who poked his eye out with a hot dog stick on, yeah, around exactly. the campfire, right? Like, yeah. you know, like still the poor bastard lost his eye. And if that would be pretty horrific as well, yeah. seared eyeball and from a hot dog, poker. Hot dog poker. But I, I, I will like, uh, I don't know if this is necessarily the path you're going down because you're talking about interaction with uh, other Canadians on Oilers Twitter. But I, I do believe Canadians as generality are pretty pretty proud of the military service that our our veterans do like we have the the highway of heroes unfortunately when we lose a soul to armed conflict and people show up and they they hang the flags and uh obviously remembrance day remember continues to be a big event in canada as it should be so i as i said like i'm I'm not i'm certainly not taking anything away from the americans but I i don't think canadians are are not on that train as well so no, I, I I tend to agree with you. You know, it's uh it's probably not to the same level um as as Americans, but uh, I don't know. It's it's just something that kind of popped in my head. And this podcast is for us to, um, you know, pull things out of ourselves that might be you know either interesting to talk about and something new. And I don't think we've ever talked about something like that before. But I don't know. I just we've talked about soft being soft and things like that. I yeah. think you were telling me, but I don't know if this if it's this Jacko podcast, but Jacko, uh, Jacko. <laughs> what, what was the one comment this guy said where you know if you don't take care of yourself, you might as well kill yourself or something like that. I don't know. I <laughs> I, I don't think that's the quote, but but I I do I do believe. And actually, you know what? On a future podcast, if you want, we can we can kind of break down the game film on some of the lessons he throws out there. Um, I'm more than happy to do that. Obviously, it'd be better to go listen to his podcast. But but there's some. You know, the generality, and I, actually, it's funny you said this, because I, I, I was thinking about this the other night a little bit. Um, we get up in arms about things that are beyond our control. Um, there's there's tough things that happen that we have no control over, but um, we don't take care of ourselves in a lot of ways. So this is an example, and I'm stealing this from Jordan Peterson while he was on a debate, but 
effectively they were, the crowd was asking him, what, what do we do about global warming? And his response was go clean your room. Now that's not a response on how we fix global warming, but I think the, the message is, is okay. You, you're concerned about whatever this is, uh, whatever event, whatever issue in your life, what you should do is go be the best person you can possibly be and equip yourself and prepare yourself to make a difference. Cause currently you're not equipped to go make that difference. So therefore you're not making a difference. And I think as I said, I'm not big on social media, uh, but when people hashtag something or post something on Instagram, you're not making a difference. But if you go learn, let's, let's say you wanted to really go after prison reform and oh my God, I can't believe I'm going to say Kim Kardashian is doing the right thing, but she's a paralegal now or theoretically is, and she's on her way to becoming a lawyer and she is gone after prison reform and gone after and tried to help people who were quote unquote, maybe jailed innocently. And that was a big thing. She was going to be Trump and all types of, but if she believes in this type of stuff and she goes, she's gone to go work so that she can make a difference. She went and she's actually an amazing story. You know, I'm going to give Kim Kardashian. I can't believe we're actually talking about Kim Kardashian. I have no love for the Kardashians, by the way, no love, no love. Whatever. Like it's a, like they've made money up from doing nothing essentially. Yeah, oh yeah. But that being said, Kim Kardashian is trying to do real work. Yes. Trying to help real people. And that is commendable. hundred percent agree. You know, like that's, that's actually pretty incredible. She's actually turned, you know, her fame into a tool to help people. So, you know, right there, that that's awesome. Yeah. No, hundred uh, percent. As I said, it that's if you're gonna go prepare yourself and you're gonna go dedicate your time and effort into this, into your goal, and as a result, you're gonna have to make yourself better. You're gonna have to prepare yourself for long nights of work. You're gonna have to go learn the knowledge that's required to go argue in front of a judge. Go bring up things, find forms. It, any, it could be anything in your life, but you have to do the work yourself. And I don't think we do that. The I, or as at least I think. The reason this story kind of rings true is because it's so few and far between. People don't want to do it. And maybe I'm being pessimistic. But no, I think you're I think you're right in a lot of ways, right? Like I think, you know, it's the easy way out. Turn the other turn the other eye and, and walk away. Turn your one eye. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Dan Crenshaw. Uh, going back to something you said earlier about uh, you were talking about Ronda Rousey and uh, George Springer, and I think I think one of the things that comes from this type of stuff, though, too, is, is if people don't play the victim mentality, and you're you're told you're not a victim, uh, you're going to overcome whatever this is, you know, uh, uh, ligament problems, uh, not being very tall, uh, speech impediments, you know, the uh, people go through learning disabilities. But if you don't give up and you keep fighting, that's a good story. And I think one of the things that gets lost along the way is we focus on stories where people became million dollar successes. But what about the person who lived a healthy life and lived a good life and a happy life and overcame a bunch of stuff in regards to maybe a troubled household, uh, not having the, the help at home to get through school and, they go build their own thing and become that. That's still a success story. And that, those are the stories that hey, you want to talk about positivity. Those are what we should be focusing on. 
Well, and that's the whole celebrity culture and things we focus on on is because it's, you know, it, it's news porn is what it is. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, it's an easy, it's an easy story to follow. Right. So, no, I think that's so true. And, you know, one day my son, I'm sure will, will listen to these and, you know, I treat him like anybody else, you know, he's my boy and he is, you know, I, I, I give him positive affirmations and, you know, in my opinion, he doesn't have a speech disorder. You know, he works through it. He works hard through it. And I'm proud of the hard work he does. Uh, but I'm not going to let that be, you know, a disability for him. It won't define him. It's not going to define him. Yeah. You, you know, what he does with his life is what is going to define him. Absolutely. Right? So, um, no, it's going to be interesting. And I hope to talk a little bit more about, you know, apraxia and, you know, maybe touch on it during the podcast and dive into it in a little deeper into, you know, future podcasts, just in a, you know, this is a, a platform. Uh, if we have listeners, great. If not, nobody will listen to it. But at the end of the day, <laughs> I think, um, you know, it, it's a, it's a cause that I, it, you know, it's near and dear to my heart and I want to promote. And um, I'm sure you are cool with that as well. Absolutely. But, uh, I just thought that the, the, it was kind of cool seeing George Springer. You know, I didn't know anything about him other than he was a real kick-ass baseball player, and I was pumped to see him on my team now. And, you know, I'm uh, I'm more, I guess, more of a fan just what he's doing um, with his life other than baseball, right? So um, it's nice to see role models for kids, uh, and even like a Ronda Rousey, like a kid like Hudson, um, who's really smart and really bright. Uh, and, uh, he has our, uh, role model like Ronda Rousey to, you know, to follow. And, you know, maybe I put him in some MMA and he, he can, uh, he can go Johnny Lawrence on some people. Won't pass. Do you, yep. do you suppose George will teach the children how to bang on the trash can? Do you think that's a positive thing he can go out and do? He's a blue. He's a blue jay now. He, he's <laughs> the, no cheater. The sins are the sins are washed away. <laughs> the sins have been released. <laughs> well, let's use this as a perfect opportunity to kind of dive into a little bit more of a lighthearted story. But in regards to hard work, becoming a success story, this is a lesson to the children. It can be washed away very quickly. And oh yeah. The individual I'm going to refer, I'm referring to is, of course, now uh, fired Mets GM Jared Porter. Uh, Jared was 41 when the Mets hired him five weeks ago. Hey, I'm 41. There you go. You could have been the Mets GM. My, I don't want to be the Mets. My, my, the Mets are a terrible team. But, but this is a guy who, uh, from what I've gathered, dedicated his life to baseball management in the front office. Uh, this guy came up through Arizona at one point. He was in the Cubs organization. And then he gets what I'm assuming is probably his dream job as a GM of a major league baseball organization. And it's gone. But why is it gone? Because when he was with the Cubs, he decided to harass, sexually harass a reporter and send pictures of his junk. Why? Why? Why do intelligent dudes or anyone? Why would you do this? You're clearly not intelligent. Oh, uh, you know, going back to the like, now I'm a father of a daughter. <laughs> yeah, yes. You know, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I want my daughter to succeed in life, and honestly, you know, like why? Why we? She's doing her fucking job, man. Yeah. Let her do her job. She's a professional she reporter. 
Yeah, if she wants a dick pic, she's going to ask for one. <laughs> the other thing I find hilarious, too, and I, why do why do dudes think this is a viable way to attract a woman? I, <laughs> I, I just can't even imagine myself. Like, as I was discussing with my wife, there is not a level of intoxication I have where I'd be like, you know who's going to really like this? Snap. It's not going to happen. Because even then I know I'm like, nah, nobody wants to see this. This is ridiculous. What a stupid solution. <laughs> uh, Jared Porter, good luck to you. Gone. Career's gone. So easy. Anyways, before we wrap up, uh, once again, keeping with lighthearted news, Oilers won tonight, looking a little bit better, a little bit more defensive, but that was a rough start to the season. Oh, man, this was the must, must, must win game of the year against the uh, evil Toronto Maple Leafs. Uh, the all-Canadian division is really turning out to be must-see TV every night. It's like a playoff game every single night. And I'm not going to lie, this game was really slow and, like, really defensive. Like, both teams were, like, playing real real coy oh, with yeah. each other, and they really tightened it up. Uh, so, you know, it's it, – I'm glad – I'm glad that the uh, the mighty oil pulled this one through. Now they're they're two and three on the season. You know, they have another chance to come to 500 on Friday night, and you know it, it's crazy. It, this is the most you you and I were talking about this. You're like uh, games are going to get boring after a while. I don't want to see the same teams over and over again. Oh, I'm Jeff. Uh, you know, <laughs> what like, does that mean? <laughs> Oh, I'm Jeff. <laughs> hey, I'm Jeff. I don't want to watch these games over the same teams. Bullshit. You are going to be jacked up. We have the Leafs. To, uh, fr- Friday. We got, we got them three more nut times in the next week. Yeah. But, okay, but I'm not, I didn't say the beginning of the season was going to be an issue. We haven't played every team yet. We've played three teams. So it's not that's not the scenario yet. So don't get too excited here. We we can revisit this down the road. But I will say though, thank God the Bills game was on Saturday night because I did not sit in for the rest of that hockey game after the after the fifth goal. So I took in a birthday dinner with the family. We got some delicious uh, Vietnamese food and a beautiful birthday cake from Sugar and Spiced uh, uh, <laughs> Bakery on White Avenue. It was delicious. I broke the old keto diet and had a piece of cake, and uh, it was delicious. Did I mention it was delicious? You did. Um, yeah, but uh, and they're not a sponsor. I wish they were. They, they, they're a pretty cool bakery. But, um, <laughs> I wish they. I anyway. wish they paid us to talk about this. <laughs> I will. Will you pay us to talk about cake? I'll talk about your cake all day long. I think you got to show some numbers. <laughs> you got to make it worthwhile. Yeah. <laughs> you know what though? It's fun. So my daughter and I, we watch uh, cooking shows together. Our favorite show to watch is uh, Carnival Eats with Noah Cap. It's a fantastic show. They eat delicious, bad for you food. But we're all on a donut kick mm-hmm. right now. Oh man, I haven't had a donut like probably since like you know spring last year. Oh. I'm dying for like a real good donut. Well, if you're gonna if you're gonna do that, because let's face it, donuts are zero nutritional value you might as well go full full bore and go to donut party here in town and get the donuts that are the size of my skull 
Like, oh, don't don't you wish Donut Party was a sponsor on those Canadian Last <laughs> podcasts? I, I don't. Yeah, I, that would be fantastic. But I do. Now that I've said that, I think I'm gonna go for a run this weekend and go get go get a box of six and eat myself to be sick. When you're in, when you're in the donut shop, unless it's curbside pickup, just mention like, hey, we've got a podcast. If you guys want to pay us in donuts, <laughs> I'm still we'll talk about. We'll do a donut show every month. I'm still willing to pay for this six, but <laughs> what's your favorite donut? We could talk. We could do that every episode. Well, I like the one with cereal on top of it. It's really good. I don't think they'll be interesting for the listener, but I do believe they have a rhubarb one, and that is a what? no. That's a no go on any level for me. No rhubarb. Uh, they're done. They're not a sponsor Rhub- anymore. Rhubarb trash. So yeah, they're never going to be a sponsor on this show. Rhubarb. Ukrainian friggin' donuts. Get out. <laughs> all right. With all that being said, other than the fact that uh, I want to wish my mighty Tampa Bay Buccaneers all the best for Sunday. Go ahead. Oh man, if Tom Tom gets his gets into the Super Bowl again here, whoo, Ooh, man. It's truth be told, hated that man with a great passion before uh, before he showed up in the Bay. Uh, he's a fantastic individual. I like everything about him, and that TB12 method is not suspect at all. Everyone should pay for his programs, but, uh, but no, it is, it's phenomenal. I'm, I'm super excited for Sunday, obviously going to the NFC championship game. Maybe I'll grab a donut for that event, but, uh, but yeah, no, I, it's, uh, it's been good watching. You know, for a future podcast, we really got to talk about our favorite broadcasters. Listening to Tony Romo in the Kansas city, uh, game this weekend, man, his, not only is this an analysis, but when he he called, the, I don't even know what the backup quarterback's name is, but when and he Eddie. ran that ball, yeah, and he ran that ball for that first down, man, the excitement in his voice, like he is a revelation when it comes to broadcasting, you know, it, where it, usually it's like a very, you know, generalized, you know, you know, hurrah, we did it. Yeah. Him and, uh, oh man, I, I can't believe I'm forgetting his name. Um, the Masters guy. Yeah. Uh, I'm drawing a blank on it too. Jim Mance. Jim Mance. But no, I like I like Tony Romo. I, I think he's I think he's done a great job. That's a great career transition for him. He did some amazing things in that first year when everyone thought he was gonna be trash. He's just calling plays out before they ran them, and I'm like, it's pretty impressive. It's like John Madden, except for not talking about Turducken or or tough acting Tanactin. <laughs> So. I think we're going to go down that road. We got to talk about our favorite broadcasters cuz uh yeah, I think it'd be pretty fun and uh maybe we could we could dive into the Jacob Forcheck uh press conference too and some of the <laughs> the, the famous interviews where players tell uh, in, uh reporters to go uh, pound sand. So well, let's 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 dive into this very quickly. Like, cause I, I said, I know you were quite excited when that press conference. There's no time limit on a podcast. Jim. There's not, but I. It's almost my bedtime. <laughs> I'm a lame. Um, what do you like? Obviously, for the listener who hasn't seen the clip, uh, Voracek was asked a question, pretty mundane question by a reporter, but clearly a reporter he has history with. And he pretty much told him that he's a rat bastard and he's going to write whatever he wants anyway. So why should I answer your question? Now, I'm all for an athlete, you know, going after it. Hey, if he doesn't like the guy, he can go ahead and do it. It wasn't particularly that all that rude, at least in my opinion, but uh, it's fun watching. What do you think, Brad? I love it. I, you know what? It's, uh, it's my favorite thing outside of the, sport, the game 
you know, watch the interviews. Like I'll watch uh, um, Oilers TV after the hockey game to watch the, the Oilers interviews and not for the cliche interviews. Like you, every once in a while you get an eye roll or, you know, uh, you know, a raspberry blown at a reporter's question. And, and you know, who's the best at it? Connor McDavid. Connor McDavid has no time. This is why I love this kid. You know, he's full business. He's all business. He doesn't care about the media. He doesn't care about any of this stuff. Some of the, man, and it kind of goes back to like, even like the oil. We're crazy. Oilers fans are crazy. The Oilers media are crazy. Like, to listen to Terry Jones ask a question after a hockey game, I want to stick this Apple pencil that I'm holding in my hand directly into my eyeball. Give me the most excruciating pain I can physically have and then wait for it to end. I love it. I love it when a play- I love it when a player or even coach, you know, torts. Torts. Yeah, F you, Brooksy. You don't like it. Get the F out of here, Brooksy. <laughs> yeah, Tortorella is good. definitely good for an interview. I don't even know what Brooksy's first name is. I have no idea. Either. I, 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 New York. Know, I only know who Brooksy might be because of a clip and the fact that he worked in New York. So, <laughs> Thanks to Torts. He's famous. Exactly. What do you think about it, Jeff? Do you like uh, when a player goes off script and tells a... Well, I like unlike you, I don't watch. You're talking about watching the Oilers post game. I've, I don't think I've watched a single second of that. And well, I'm addicted, and I have a problem. I just, for the most part, I I think athletes, uh, specifically NHL players, are bad interviews. Uh, now that's changing. Uh, clearly, the clearly the younger generation is more willing to share their thoughts, more willing to talk. So it is. It's more interesting now. That being said, though. Um, as a generality, I don't really care all that much unless it's a really uproarious opinion or like a confrontation like what we saw with Voracek. I'm not super interested really what a player has to say. Um, a coach is a better interview for the most part unless you're Belichick. But uh, but yeah, no, as I said, I, I'm for players showing their personality a whole lot more. And if that's a, a McDavid personality where you're just like, I, I'm out of here. I don't care. That's fine by me too. I uh, it's it's good. So I like I like a little emotion in the old post game interview. I mean, no, I know you're alive in there. It's something's ticking. I know you're just not throwing out the old, you know, giving it 110, percent put it in deep. You know, I, I that's what she's. I can't stand cliche interviews. They're they're horrendous to listen to. I I don't care. That's probably why I don't watch them. So cool beans, man. Cool. Yeah, we went into overtime. This is maybe our longest podcast ever, and we've probably lost everybody tonight listening, <laughs> but I don't care. This was awesome. I know in the show recap, it's going to have to read uh, Conspiracy, Tales of Lore, Dracula, 9-11, UFOs, Government, LSD, uh, Bullying, Voracek. <laughs> uh, There's going to be a lot of things to kind of go through. So. so if any of these topics are sh- interesting to you, thanks for listening. It's a smorgasbord. Exactly. All right. Well, that being said, uh, we'll definitely come with some fresh takes next uh, week. Hopefully a little bit uh, a little bit more interesting for you, dear listener. But thank you very much. Good night. Have a great night, everyone. And thanks for listening to those Canadian Lads podcast. We'll be back next week, maybe with a guest, maybe not. But we'll see how it goes. Good night, everybody. <laughs>